First Kings chapter 4, verses 29 through 34. God gave Solomon wisdom, the deepest of understanding and the largest of hearts. There was nothing beyond him, nothing he couldn't handle. Solomon's wisdom outclassed the vaunted wisdom of the wisest men of the East, outshone the famous wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone. He became famous among all the surrounding nations. He created 3,000 proverbs. His songs added up to 1,005. He knew all about plants, from the huge cedar that grows in Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grows in the cracks of a wall. He understood everything about animals and birds and reptiles and fish. Sent by kings from all over the earth who had heard of his reputation, people came from far and near to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. <laughs> well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Fill the Lamp. I'm Neil Parks, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Last time, we got a little bit of an introduction to King Solomon and who he was, but there is so much more to the story. We got a glimpse of his human and worldly side that led to his backsliding with trials, temptations, and tribulation. But I must say that there was only one person to ever walk this planet Earth that was without sin, who was and is the beloved Jesus Christ. Solomon's purpose was greater than just being the vessel for Proverbs and the king of Israel with all the stuff that goes with it. God used this man to speak to generation after generation after him, right up to 2021 and the here and now. You see, the message that is shown to us, what I feel pretty, feel it's pretty obvious that God is using you you listeners, and me as well, as we walk through the shadow of the valley of death with the understanding that we'll, there will be tribulations for the true follower of Christ. Now Solomon went through the same temptations, trials, and tribulations we do as the purification, big word, as the purification process for the bride continues. Look what James 1, verse 2 says, Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to, big word here, spiritual maturity and inner peace. 
verse 4, and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.27, Paul writes, He has given himself so that he can present himself, meaning Christ, that he can present the church as his radiant bride, unstained, unwrinkled, and unblemished, completely free from all impurity, holy and innocent before him. The preacher Solomon in Ecclesiastes teaches the insanity of following and chasing the world, as it is like a bubble ready to burst. Solomon had to experience what he penned in order to passionately and humbly surrender and die to self. So God would use his penitent heart as a vessel to speak through. There is a big message here, my listeners. Paul also wrote in Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. I am no longer alive, but Christ is living in me. And whatever life I have left in this failing body, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God, the one who loves me and gave his body on the cross for me. So in our study today, with this magnificent book, The Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon, we are going to pursue Jesus in a most intimate way. I like how Mike Bickle explains it in his study. He calls it Encountering Jesus. Bickle goes on to say that Solomon was a prolific songwriter of a thousand five songs, and the Song of Solomon is the greatest song in redemptive history. I refer to it as the song. This song is the proposal, the plan, the blueprint, if you will, as to what the bride is pursuing to solidify herself in her position of redemption. Song of Song, chapter 1, verse 1. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. This statement leaves no doubt as to who the author is. So as we start into the song, we obviously see from the get-go that there is some kindred input that King David has contributed. You see, he was the father of Solomon, and King David contributed from his intimate relationship with the Lord and passed it on into his son's life. Remember, God promised David the Messiah would come through the lineage of him, David. 
David writes in Psalm 2, verses 8 through 12, God is speaking, ask me, and I will assuredly give you, David, the nations as your inheritance, and the ends of the earth as your possessions. O kings and rulers of the earth, listen while there is still time. Serve the Lord with reverent fear. Rejoice with trembling. Now there's some words here in this as I go through this with you. It said, verse 11, Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Fall down before his son and kiss his feet, before his anger is roused and you perish. I am warning you, his wrath will soon begin. But oh, the joys of those who put their trust in him. You see, David shows us in the three sides of our redemption with that psalm as a required procedure. Now, what are they? I just spoke about them. We tremble in the fear of God by seeing the eternal majesty of Jesus trembling. Second, we rejoice by seeing who we are in Christ and the legal benefit of the cross, and that is forgiveness. And we rejoice in this. And thirdly, we symbolically kiss the Son, or we love him with all our hearts, as expressed by holy affections. Trembling, rejoicing, kissing. You see, God also gives us three books of the Bible that focus on these three sides of our redemption. The first is the book of Revelation, the majestic eternal side that causes us to tremble before God. Second, Romans, the legal practical side that causes us to rejoice in our benefits of the cross. And you guessed it, thirdly, the passionate emotional side that empowers us to love God. And that's the Song of Solomon. So here we're going to visit all three sides of our redemption in these three books that will apply greatly to our intimate relationship with the beloved Jesus Christ as we move through the song. The bride speaks as the beloved arrives. In Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 2. Verse 2 says, the bride speaking, May he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. 
Now look here at what Isaiah 57, 19 says. So let him give me the fruit, excuse me, the fruit of his lips is peace. So let him give me 10,000 kisses, if you will, as the fulfillment of their fruit, the kisses, that makes me crave and hunger for more of him. Whereas all other pleasures of the world will go sour and wilt by their use. But those of the Spirit become more and more delightful. I like what the voice translation says in Isaiah fifty-seven nineteen. I will create in them a desire to praise. Peace, peace. To those far away, all will be well wherever you are, and I will heal them. I want to, li- I want to share with you uh, what John Calvin's commentary speaks to just what we've said. Brother Calvin says, The fruit of whose lips is the gospel of peace, or the word preaching peace by Christ, the word of reconciliation committed to them, the subject of their ministry as follows, Peace, peace to to him that is far off, and to him that is near, saith the Lord. Peace with God made by Christ is the fruit of Jehovah, the Father's lips, who promised in the covenant on condition of Christ's shedding of blood, of his blood, to make it when the covenant is called the covenant of peace and spoke of it in prophecy as what should be obtained by Christ, the peacemaker, and peace of conscience flowing from it is the fruit of Christ's lips, who promised to give it to and leave it with his disciples. That's beautiful, my friends. I've got a question for you. Now, we know it all starts with a kiss. So here's the question. Do you understand the plan of God's pursuit of his redeeming bride and wife-to-be as the most important part of your existence? Let me say it again. Do you understand the plan of God's pursuit of redeeming his bride and wife-to-be as the most important part of your existence? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for each and every listener here today. I pray right now that they would hunger and thirst for you. I pray that they would reach out for your kisses, the kisses being the word that you speak. I pray that they would saturate themselves with your kisses, 
ten thousand, if you will, all over them, Lord. It's your word, Father God, that would get all over them from head to toe. Father, I just lift them up right now, wherever they're at, whatever they're going through, whatever trial, tribulation, or test it may be, Father, I just pray right now that they would reach to you and look to you and ask for your kisses to give them peace beyond understanding. And I pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, until next time, I'm Neil Parks.